Welcome to the Psychedelic Spotlight Podcast. I'm your host, David Flores, CEO of Global Track Solutions. Today, I have the distinct pleasure of being joined by Douglas K. Gordon. He is the CEO of Silo Wellness. They're a wellness company in the psychedelics and functional mushroom marketplaces. You can find them on the Canadian Securities Exchange under the ticker symbol SILO, and now on the Frankfurt Exchange in Germany under the symbol 3K70. Douglas, it is a pleasure to have you here with me. How are you doing here today? Uh, it's great. Thank you for having me, David. And we're very pleased to have you on. So with this being your first visit here to the Psychedelic Spotlight podcast, I'd love to give you an opportunity to provide us an overview of Silo Wellness and what specifically the company is involved in here in the emerging sector of medicinal psychedelics. Sure. Well, you know, Silo operates in, in four uh, key areas. Uh, we cultivate mushrooms in Jamaica, uh, psilocybin mushrooms down in Jamaica. We also have a functional line of mushrooms, which we sell throughout North America and expanding our marketplace for that. So those are sold as a Silo Reboot brand. And we've recently entered into a partnership with the Marley family, which will allow us to have Marley branded uh, mushrooms, both in functional and psychedelic, when different jurisdictions permit. Uh, in addition, we have our patent pending nasal spray IP. So that's a meter dosing um, modality which allows for, you know, the exact dosing to, to, for, for patients. So it's a very, we're very excited about that and the, the opportunities it holds for us from a licensing perspective, uh, particularly because there's so many companies going into, uh, you know, pursuing the pharma route that what this does for us is gives us a device that can really support them in getting their various uh, medicines to the patients in properly um, measured dosing, which is so critical from the medical community's perspective. And finally, we have our retreats. So we execute retreats in Jamaica and in um, Oregon. So, you know, in Jamaica, the psilocybin retreats, and in Oregon, there are ketamine-assisted retreats. So the ketamine, the, the ketamine retreats tend to skew a little bit more sort of uh, remedial. So we're addressing anxiety and um, you know PTSD-like symptoms. You know, under the under the guide of a doctor over there, we work with Dr. Matthew Hicks over there. And then in Jamaica, they tend to be a little bit more holistic, sort of mindfulness, upliftment, sort of um, supporting people in, in increasing their level of performance by virtue of helping them to navigate some of the different challenges internally that they've had to sort of endure over time. So those are really the four areas within which we built our business. And we're now in the process, having just gone public, of actually rolling out our business plan. And we're doing that globally, not just in Jamaica, Oregon, and, and Toronto, where we presently reside, but in a number of other jurisdictions where we operate. Very exciting indeed. And, you know, as this industry continues to come together and materialize, I think what's so exciting and intriguing about it is right now we're starting to see sort of the companies coming together that I believe are going to play a role as leaders in this space as it continues to form and come together. And I do see Silo Wellness being one of those uh, leaders as this, as this industry continues to evolve here. Uh, with that, people tend to really look at the leadership of companies. So I'd love to give you an opportunity to maybe touch on a little bit of your own professional background and experience and perhaps share a little bit about the road that led you to becoming involved here with Silo Wellness. Certainly. So I'm originally from Trinidad and Tobago, another island here in the Caribbean. Um, not as tourism friendly, but certainly, um, you know, from an energy perspective and manufacturing perspective, Trinidad has always been very progressive um, in relative terms. Um, from there, I grew up in England, and then I also uh, raised, was raised in, in New York. I went to the University of Philadelphia, lived in Atlanta for a while, 
then I came back down to the Caribbean. And in my time in Trinidad, where I started a business, I spent a lot of time in in the distribution space, understanding how to build that out in the Caribbean, but also, <clears throat> sorry, also in media and in events. So it's, it's kind of remarkable that my background is so, if you will, perfectly positioned me to do the pieces that are so, you know, core to what Silo is doing and doing differently, I should say, than some of the other psychedelics firms that are out there. Um, how I got involved in Silo, my, so Immediately before this, I was the founder of Canix Jamaica. And Canix is the sort of preeminent cannabis business conference and expo. So that's given me a huge network of folks who are in cannabis, you know, which is obviously the sort of precursor in many ways to the way psychedelics has unfolded. So that, you know, that led me to meeting a number of different people who are in the psychedelic space. One of those in particular was Mike Arnold, the founder of Silo, who came to Jamaica with some other business um, ideas, I guess, around what he was doing with Silo, we met. And then a year later, he came back to me and asked me to join Silo's mission um, as the CEO to sort of move it from where it was conceptually into how we now you know, operationalize the business. I think in large measure because of some of the things that have been accomplished with Canix, but also that sort of suite of skills and experiences that I mentioned before, I think, you know, fit very well with what Silo was looking for. What drew me to Silo, I have to say, is, you know, the sincerity and the authenticity with which Mike spoke of helping people. You know, the, the psychedelics is exciting, and I think that's awesome. And, you know, we've seen this to some degree with cannabis. And with the excitement, you also have players who, let's always say, are not always as interested in the underlying business and the underlying support of patients. Um, and that that was something I saw really clearly in cannabis. You had, you know, the extremes. You had folks who saw this as a, a rocket ship to potentially make some money. And, you know, however that happened, it happened. And then you saw people who were, you know, invested a lot of their time and their, and their heart and their soul into really doing this to help people. And somewhere along the line in the cannabis space, you know, we just swung from one extreme to the next. I'm not sure we've, where we've quite landed on that just yet, but certainly it prepared me for the types of conversations that I have with Mike and understanding the sincerity with which Silo has been built to really help patients. And when we appreciate what psychedelics offers by, by means of you know, true, true help for folks who have suffered with depression and anxiety and all these different personal traumas, and the ability to, to remedy some of that for them, to allow people to get on a path to become you know, more fulsome versions of themselves, to sort of break down their internal barriers that hold them back. You know, it's such a powerful opportunity we have to support so many people. And when you look at you know, the, the large percentage of treatment-resistant um, patients who've been enduring these pharmaceuticals for so long, it really is a wonderful opportunity to help. And so just based on that, I was drawn to, to get involved in psychedelics. And I felt particularly proud and lucky, fortunate, if you will, that Silo was the vehicle through which I could get involved, fundamentally because of these sound principles that I feel are at the heart and soul of how we roll out our business. Yeah, I love that. And I love you touching on the experience that you've acquired from the cannabis space. You know, I also came from that space and that industry and was there very early on. 
saw a lot of the, the chaos, so to speak, that went on there in that industry very early on as people were just trying to grab anything they could that was involved in it. Um, okay. And so I think it's important that, you know, someone like yourself has that knowledge and that experience and sort of been through all that. And you're taking some of the mistakes that were made um, by prior companies in the cannabis space and, of course, are utilizing that to really help, you know, map things out here for silo wellness. So I think that is so such an incredible, a critical component to everything that you have going on there. Um, now, just to transition a bit here, I want to talk a little about, uh, I know the company's gotten some hype and some buzz recently surrounding, you touched a little bit on it, uh, the news surrounding uh, the Bob Marley uh, collaboration there with his estate. And I uh, would love to give you an opportunity a little bit to elaborate just a little bit more on what specifically this collaboration means here for Silo Wellness and its ongoing business objectives. Certainly. You know, one of the things, just to, to speak to, to cannabis for a minute, one of the things that I found with cannabis that was so challenging is when we went to market as an industry, we were educating on people that cannabis was no longer a bad thing, right? So we had to first destigmatize it. Then we had to educate them on how CBD worked and why it was a safe choice to start with. Then we had to educate them on how THC um, could work with CBD to make it more impactful. It wasn't either or. Um, and then we had to bring that education, if you will, to the public. And what I what I really found in hindsight is, even though you had companies that came out with beautifully designed branding and wonderful sort of you know product architecture in terms of the narratives and the stories and all that stuff, it was just too much for the consumer. It was too many different pieces. First, you're telling me that something was bad; it's not good. Then you're telling me that it's, it's like three different names it's either cannabis it's ganja it's it's weed what, what you know what i mean and then you have these these acronyms that i'm supposed to understand that and then i'm supposed to walk into a store and buy something in a package that i now all of a sudden trust though i've never heard it before and and so when we looked at some of those challenges for what is fundamentally a safe and and and, and healthy product for the consumer you know how do we do that differently with psychedelics how do we get to the consumer and break that down in a way in which they're more ready to accept it. And so number one, we're talking about mushrooms. We're talking about functional mushrooms and we're talking about psychedelic mushrooms, but they're still mushrooms. So we can make that, that sort of delineation a lot simpler for the consumer. The other thing is we had to find a way to get into there, to, to bring the product to them in a way in which they could focus on the awareness component and not all these other pieces. And what I mean by that is what the Marley opportunity did for us. So we went in search of a brand that we thought could get to consumer and would give them the trust that they would have in the brand. So now they could focus on what's in the package. And what Marley does as a brand that goes well beyond what I've just stated is it has authenticity. It has relevance to Jamaica. It has relevance to organic treatments. It has an association to not to sound too wusa with love, right? It has an association to like betterment of people and betterment of ourselves. So it comes with all of these wonderful attributes that are a natural part of the brand. And so we could then focus on putting into that brand, associating with that brand, products that we can now focus on educating the consumer with. And so in the case of functional mushrooms and why it's such an important part of our business, is we get to go out to market and we get to educate people about the different species, how they can help them, how they're natural, how they're organic. Um, and then we put them through a manufacturing process that, re that, that 
respects all those processes and respects those natural attributes, right? So we can feel proud about what we put forward. But then, David, what we end up with is if we do up, if we do it right, which I'm I'm confident we will, is the ability to go to a consumer now who's trusting of our brand and say to them, hey, we now have a psychedelic version. And whether it's in a microdose, it's in a retreat or what have you, but you now have this opportunity to access more of yourself, to heal more of yourself with this dosing and this, this, this version, if you will, because it's now a product skew, right, in addition to the portfolio. Um, and we feel that that's a much stronger um, avenue to get consumers, consumers to, to adopt our products. And to be very frank, I don't think that this just helps silo. I think this fundamentally helps the whole industry because now people are more curious to say, Marley, what's this mushroom thing? And then we can take it from there, break it down into the component pieces, educate them, and hopefully do you know, a pretty good job of destigmatizing all these notions about what psychedelics can and, and can and are. Can be and are, sorry. Right. Yeah, no, most definitely. I mean, building trust is so important, you know, with a brand, especially with something so new and I think so foreign to so many people out there. And it really, you know, it appears you guys recognize and understand that and are really building that into your plans going forward. Uh, I, I love that. I find that incredibly encouraging. Uh, another thing that's really important here you know, at this very beginning stages of this industry's development mm -hmm. here is being able to expand an audience for, for a company, being able to connect with investors. And I think what we're seeing here is that this phenomenon, if you will, surrounding medicinal psychedelics is no longer just contained here to the US or Canada. It has become a global uh, phenomenon, if you will. And with Absolutely. that, it seems you guys have recognized that as well. And I know one bit of news that came out this week was the company's expansion to the Frankfurt Exchange in Germany. Mm -hmm. So um, I would love to get a little bit of an understanding of the impetus behind the decision to be listed there on the Frankfurt Exchange and what you hope this is going to do in terms of expanding the company. Well, I mean, fundamentally, we're looking at this as how do we become a global psychedelics company? You know, this is a global opportunity. The, the people that we can help are located in all four corners of this beautiful globe that we live upon, right? And so as part and parcel of that, you know, again, just to touch back quickly to the Marley brand, another key point for us, he's known globally. So we, we can carry that brand forward with us as an entry point for what we're doing. But key, key to this is also how do we communicate with investors? How do we make participating in the silo journey, if you will, um, recognizing that not just for long term, but also what we bring as value and difference in this hot industry, we have to go global. And so Frankfurt was a natural choice for us because, you know, the German investors have shown to have an appetite for psychedelics. There's a lot of interest in that particular market. And so that gives us ready, you know, sort of central access to the, the full European investor um, class, if you will. Um, and and that's, that's why we pursued it. So now we trade on, you know, the CSC as silo and we trade on Frankfurt as 3K70. Yeah, yeah. And I think that is, uh, you know, understanding that, recognizing that and seeing that opportunity, I think is so important. So, you know, I really want to just commend you guys, you know, for being able to stay ahead of the curve on that end. I appreciate uh, it. Yeah. And finally, uh, you know, I, as people who follow the Psychedelic Spotlight podcast, you know, I love to pose this question to other leaders here in this space. And it is, you know, really what, and you may have touched a little bit on it, I think, in our conversation, but maybe if you can summarize it a little bit here. What specifically inspires and motivates you to be involved here 
in the medicinal psychedelic space? And what role do you hope silo wellness will play here going forward uh, for this industry and this opportunity to really transform society's approach to very serious mental health conditions? I think it's just the enormity of being able to help people in a micro manner as well as a macro manner. You know, we, we have this, and we've seen it with some of our retreats, you know, when you can sit and 10 people or 12 people are able to walk away and tell you individually about the life-changing impact that that particular four or five day experience has had for them, you understand that when you can scale this out, we, are, we have the opportunity as an industry to bring this medicine responsibly to, to, to people so it's accessible, it's affordable, and we make it where it's as effective as it possibly can be so that we can change lives positively. Right. So that's that's a key driver to me, because that's underpins all that we do um, in running the business. But on top of that, we get to also participate in an entirely new industry. We get to help define it. We get to determine whether, you know, as an enterprise, we can in, we can bring in some of the lessons of another new industry that's right before us, cannabis, and we can do it better. You know, we can look at how do we keep the sort of underlying historical, cultural relevance of this industry. There's so many people that can tell us about their support of psychedelics going back 20, 30 years, right? And now we come with a brand new industry. We can't leave that behind. That is knowledge that we need to bring into today's dispensation, if you will, to understand it. There's cultural relevance in the indigenous communities. They've used this for eons. And so we're also using that as a platform to say, how do we learn from that? How do we better understand this? So that even as we have very specifically defined medical considerations, we also incorporate the, the cultural and the traditional historical references. So that we really offer a very holistic approach to how this medicine can be taken. But again, we also have this amazing opportunity as a business to grow globally to really find all the different pockets that we can expand into, to find people that we can assist, to find ways in which we can improve existing products or systems with Psychedelics Incorporated to have bigger impact and grow you know, a successful enterprise. At the end of the day, that's what we're, we want to do. We wanna grow a very successful enterprise, we wanna bring our stakeholders all along for the journey, and we also wanna be incredibly prudent and authentic about what we do because we, we are fortunate enough to operate in a space in which we can be responsible and we can also be very successful. Yeah, and that, that acknowledgement and that respect that you guys have for the past, I think is just another example, at least in my opinion, of how the company really is so deeply rooted in the right fundamentals here. And a reason why I am really encouraged and excited to continue following the silo wellness story. And so with that, Douglas, I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to join me here today. This has been a wonderful introduction to the company. I look forward to continuing to follow the story. Uh, for those out there, um, the, the company is on the Canadian Securities Exchange, as Douglas mentioned. They're on, under the ticker symbol SILO. And just recently on the Frankfurt Exchange under the ticker symbol 3K70. Uh, we'll make sure we get the website and everything and all that information included here. But Douglas, thank you so much again for taking the time to do this. David, thank you for the time. Have a great day. You too. Thank you so much. Global Track Solutions, Inc. and Psychedelic Spotlight does not in any way encourage or condone the use, purchase, sale, or transfer of any illegal substances, nor do we encourage or condone partaking in any unlawful activities. 
We support a harm reduction approach for the purpose of education and promoting individual and public safety. If you are choosing to use psychedelic substances, please do so responsibly. The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the Psychedelic Spotlight podcast are those of their own and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Psychedelic Spotlight and Global Track Solutions, Inc.